Welcome to Objectively Speaking, everyone. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode nine, game nine, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Chicago Blackhawks. And while it may have been a little messy, we got a lovely regulation win for our beloved Blue Jackets. I know regulation feels weird to say out loud one way or the other, right? A loss or a win. So yeah, like, like Laura said, I mean, the last couple minutes I was sweating it. I was sweating it hard because Chicago, I mean, they're not nearly as good as they were. And if you've been a fan of hockey for, you know, the last like 20 years, uh, you're familiar with the absolute dynasty that the Blackhawks were at one point. And looking back, I mean, they still have key pieces there, right? From that dynasty, they have Patrick Kane. Obviously, Jonathan Taze is out right now, but then they still have Duncan Keith. So, I mean, they have pieces there that are so elite. Um, and even though they're getting to the later stages of their career, they can turn a game on its head any given game. <laughs> like, so, um, really glad to see that we didn't chalk that one up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like, if I'm being honest, and I, I wonder how many times I'm going to say this this season because this might just be the way that the Jackets play. <laughs> But kind of a boring one, a messing and boring game, if I'm honest. Yeah, it was um, it was messy. It was messy. They were tired. You could definitely tell that they were tired. Um, and Torts and Oliver, both in their post game interviews, said, "You know, we we were dragging, and it's our it's our first back to back with a travel in between um, for this season and." You know, I think I think it took us by surprise a little bit how tired um, the team was. Um, it was a really slow kind of start to things. The second period just sort of drug on for what felt like forever. Um, but then that last, you know, 13 to 15 minutes of the third period, they finally sort of like picked it up because I think much like how all the fans felt, um, especially you and I between each other being like, oh, crap, is this going to be another situation where we mess it up and end up tying it at the bitter end of the third period and going into overtime? So I think that was in their minds, too. Like, let's not do this to ourselves. Like, let's not push another game into overtime. Like, let's just push hard enough to get it. And there were some moments where I was like, oh, this we're definitely screwing this up. Um but as per usual, Corpy comes in and just makes some huge, huge saves towards the end of the third period to to keep us to keep us in it and to allow us to win this game in regulation. Yeah, I mean Corpy has been incredible. Um, you know, between I was reading between the two um, the two goalies. Uh, I'm gonna mess this stat up, but between the two of them, they have 920 save percentage, which is top like near the tops in the league between a tandem so far to start the season. Uh, they're one of four tandems that have uh, gotten four starts each or more. So obviously, this is the strategy. John Tortorella alluded to it in his post game conference that you know post game press conference that this is this is the way that we're gonna go and we're gonna keep going until he says otherwise and. You know, I think there was a fear and a hesitation on my end at the start of this season when I was thinking about about how this would work because I feel like both Corpusala and Merzlikens, specifically Elvis, like do so much better when they're able to like kind of develop momentum from games previous. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just with the like 
the absolute short turnaround of the games that maybe that doesn't happen as much right now. And so maybe, maybe that's not impacting it as much as it normally would. Obviously like Corpus Allo said that like, he was actually kind of glad that that was the case this time around. Cause he had fresh legs uh, last night because he didn't play on Thursday. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think until what's it's, it's not broke. Like there haven't been any games where I've watched where I've, well, aside from, the one Elvis start, it might've been his first start of the season where I was like, Ooh, tough against Nashville. Yeah. 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 But aside from that game, like there's not, none of these games we've lost or anything. Have I thought, man, if only the other goalie was in, I might've said it on the podcast though. So maybe I, maybe I'm lying, but. <laughs> well, and I think from, you know, both of them have done um, interviews this week that I think both of them feel good about the tandem. I think that I honestly think both of them felt kind of apprehensive in the beginning about doing this because, you know, you don't play in the NHL and not want to be the the start, like the number one goalie. But in a season like we're having right now with 56 games shortened, you're doing these back-to-back two-game series with each team. um, And you have sometimes almost no time in between two games. you know, it's nice. It's nice to have them, one of them be able to rest while the other one takes over. Um, now, will will this continue to be a thing that we're able to do um, next season uh, when we have to start making some decisions? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but for right now, to get us through this weird COVID-based um, season that we're going through, this is this is what works. And Torts, you know, Torts said it best. He's like, this is good. He's like, I don't have any issues with our goalies. Like, you know, we're, we're going back and forth and that's just what works with us, you know, for us right now. And thank God, cause I think it's also sparing them from potentially being injured as well. It's giving them this, this time off and, um, you know, allowing them to, to rest up in between games. So I think I, I really like it. And I think it's a positive. Yeah, for sure. And, and no disrespect to Matisse Kivlenix, but I would prefer it if neither one of them got hurt. So that way we could roll with this tandem as opposed to bringing him into the fray. Um, although I say that he was really good last year when he was in. So that'll be. Oh, yeah, he was. And I his mask is one of my favorites because it has <laughs> just Joker on it. But um, but Cleveland, I mean, he's going to be playing here very soon. The age right. season starts this coming week. Um, so he's going to be in it and I'm sure we'll get you know called back and forth um here or there as as the season goes on um but no I'm happy with our with our two dudes um and, yeah ahead. I was just gonna say it makes me wonder like it's gonna be the first time with anything Blue Jackets related where personally I'm like oh I'm not like I'm going to be both happy and sad when something finally comes to fruition with the goalies. Like I, I know, like no matter who we pick, like there will be feelings of happy and sad. Uh, so, but like you said, there's no way it continues for, for a long time, but um, Laura, something crazy happened last night. Tell me. We scored on a power play. Two nights in a row. I know. And I, on a power play right and it's just like i and that was like a good power play like the last couple games like i felt like um you know while we're not obviously scoring on every power play like i feel like things are a lot more put together i feel like we're able to establish some zone time which i think is really important uh if nothing else to just kind of like wear down like even if you don't score during those two minutes to just like 
create some tired legs on the other side and to build some of that momentum. And, you know, I don't need it to be a power play goal. If we score 30 seconds after the power play is over, cool by me. I just want a goal. And so I think just to be able to establish some of that momentum and not let the other team develop momentum by having an absolute shit power play and like having them like feel pretty good about their kill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's useful. Like that's really good. I think I, I can't even imagine, like, I hope that we are getting everything that people say we are getting in Patrick Line as far as what he can bring to the power play. Because if he, if he does like, like I'm pumped for that. Like, I think we're finally, we're finding our rhythm at a good time. Especially, and I hope that implementing another piece into that situation doesn't hurt it, but you've heard Torts say over the course of the last couple of days that the power play has been readjusted over the course of the last few days since the trade happened to accommodate for, um, for Patrick Line to step in to one of those roles. And I'm, I'm assuming it'll be on the first line, but mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think, you know, we, you know, Torch always loves to say that, you know, we block everything out in the locker room and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I don't think you would be hard pressed to, to see that perhaps the other night when we went, oh, and six in power plays that, you know, they all weren't like, God, everyone is just ragging on us right now um and you know Nick said it best that night you know we're there's plenty of good powerful players on their power play they should be scoring goals and so slowly but surely they are you know they're getting there so two two nights in a row two two power play goals you know, obviously, I I always love when when Oliver gets a chance to to get on the board. Um, you know, one of the things that I loved so much about uh, towards his post game last night was him talking about how Oliver is quickly becoming a um, you know a full player, like a full, well rounded player. He's got the the offense, he's got the defense, and he's becoming a leader both on and off the ice. Um, you know, they they talked a lot about last night about kind of the change in attitude that Oliver has had since signing his large five-year contract. Um, and I think that's awesome. I think that that's the kind of loyalty and the kind of determination that we need from players on this team. And for him to really step up in a time when some of our other veteran players are struggling, um, to find their own game. So maybe it's not as high of a priority to, you know, fully take on their other roles um, in, in the leadership team. Um, it's nice to have these other players that are stepping up to at least be encouraging or play by example um, to inspire a lot of these younger guys. Um, but Oliver just, you know, this isn't, this is an Oliver Stan podcast now. So we, we love him. It always has been in my eyes. I always have loved, like over the last few years, like Oliver Bjorkstrand has been one of the more endearing and love, like lovable players on this team. And I think um, seeing him and hearing those things of like, oh yeah, he's becoming a more complete player. He's a big part of what we do here in Columbus. Like that's really cool. Um, and again, like it's looking at players, it, it's that narrative of like, people don't want to stay in Columbus, but then you look at guys like Cam Atkinson drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, Oliver Bjorkstrand drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and both of them are going to be here for the next five years as long as nobody gets traded. And so, um, you know, that is – that that makes you feel good. Like, 
to see those players and you hope that those players will help to keep some other players around um so far not going great but you're just hoping that 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 changes a little bit over the course but of the it's next honestly you know it's it sucks to say this as much as the talent and skill level that those people that we've lost have i'd rather not have them if they're gonna feel that way that's because- the caveat is if they're gonna feel that way because listen if they didn't feel that way, you know, you'd rather have them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If, you know, if, if the situation with PL hadn't soured so quickly, absolutely. I would want him to continue to be on our team. Same with, you know, Panarin and Brad, Matthew Shane, like all these people. But the issue is, is that the, and I've said it before, the way our team works is that they play as a team. This isn't uh, we've got one shining bright star, you know, it dips in and out a little bit here and there sometimes, but for the most part, we play as a team and we play for a city that acts as such as well. Um, you know, the, the fifth line, the fans of the Columbus Blue Jackets are very much a, a standard thing. And the city of Columbus is an, is an encompassing thing. And then to be on the Blue Jackets team itself, you play as a team. So as much as it sucks to have that talent lost, you know, if it means we have to go through continuous rebuilding every year in some way, shape or form, that's fine because I'd rather not have that energy in the locker room upsetting everything else. And I think while it hasn't been, you know, all-star games since he left, I do think wholeheartedly that the energy and the attitude in the locker room is a thousand percent better now that Pierre-Luc Dubois is gone oh yeah without a doubt I mean that's not yeah I'm not worried about that but I I am interested to see if if guys sticking around and staying around for a long time can help to influence other guys like this whole Jack Roslevic thing with Patrick Line, I think it's going to be interesting because again like we talked about it on our podcast talking about the trade but um you know and and speaking of Jack Rosovic, like I, like he didn't score, like he wasn't on the score sheet last night, but I, he, I noticed him a lot more last night. And I also have to keep in mind, like this is the second time he's played a hockey game since, you know, October. And so I, it is what it is. Like he didn't get a chance to be in training camp because he was holding out of his contract with Winnipeg. So it's going to take a little bit for him to get his legs under him entirely, but I thought he played really well. Like, I think, he, I think they're entirely right about him in the front office like he is a center like the way that he can see like he has high hockey IQ and you can tell like the way he can break up plays and the way that he can um, be in the right place at the right time and he's quick like he skates like crazy so I'm excited to see like what what he turns into over the course of the next couple of years and and how he works with line a once line a gets here and how he's able to hopefully be the world's best ambassador for the city of Columbus especially with Patrick line a so We'll see. What were your thoughts on Roslovic last night? No, I thought, I mean, I, I truly feel like for someone who hasn't been playing or practicing at the NHL level for the last couple of months, um, that he's adjusted super well. Um, he's definitely being noticed a lot more. And I, I do feel like he's, you know, a shift or two away from from putting himself up on the score sheet. Um, and he's working hard like he is he's working hard to show that this is what 
you know, where he wants to be, what he wants to do. You know, he's got kind of that Delzato um, motivation in him as well of like proving that this is where he belongs um, and that, you know, he's just been looking looking for his right, the right place for him in this league and, you know, being out, being back with his home team and getting adjusted. Plus I do think, you know, once Patrick is allowed to, to practice and be with the team, that's going to be a big motivator as well. Um, but no, I like his style. He is fast AF. Um, and, you know, as a Cam Atkinson fan, I love the, the super sprinty ones. So um, Jack is definitely in that league. And I think he's just, you know, he's just moments away from getting fully into that rhythm and, and really making some, some moves for this team. So I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Um, and as always, I think Yarmo made a great decision. And, you know, you, you talk about being an ambassador for, for Patrick. Um, I think Yarmo is being a super great ambassador. I mean, the billboard <laughs> which like let's talk about that for one second like never mm. would i have ever known or guessed that in finnish columbus is pronounced columbuxine <laughs> like that doesn't make like, like that's so good to me like i don't know why i love that so much columbuxine well, you know it just says a lot about you know, and I've said it before, like, yes, we're, we're very excited to have a caliber of player of Patrick Line come and join the Columbus Blue Jackets. But, you know, it's also a campaign to show the NHL as a whole that Columbus isn't going anywhere. Like, we are still a team. We are still a city that has, is a hockey town. It is a hockey town, whether people want to believe it or not. And, you know, there's, there's a passion here and there's a reason to, to want to be here. Um, and, you know, whether you stay here after your career or not, that's up to you. Of course, we would love, you know, because these, these players that have stayed have really continued to help the community. I know that that's Cam's intention once he retires is to remain in Columbus and conti continue to build upon the city. Um, you know, I think Nick would would still come back and forth. I, I think his main intention is probably to return to Canada. But, um, you know, it's these players stay around. They want to, you know, Rick Nash, you know, all these sorts of people who have been such a huge part of our franchise fall in love with the city and decide to stay here. Um, Patrick Line is very young. But from what I can tell from, you know, the things that Yarmo has said in interviews, the things that Patrick himself has said in interviews is he's very open to the possibility of signing long-term with Columbus. Um, you know, and I think we've had other circumstances with some of these other players that we've lost where whether they said it outright or not, you can tell that they weren't interested in engaging in the idea of signing long-term with us. Um, and it's nice to sort of have that air of positivity right away. Um, now granted, if he breaks our hearts down the road, then it is what it is, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice for him to at least be open to the opportunity. Um, and I, I enjoy this attention that we're giving to both him and Jack as they join the team. Um, 
especially during this weird season where they're not probably at least for another couple months, maybe going to get to be in front of the fifth line and, you know, having the fans there, they're really, it's really going to be based on the team, which sells them on this. So boys, if you're listening, be nice to them, tell them that you want them to stay buy them food. I don't care. Whatever you need to do, be nice. I'll, they're making Patrick Line buy them food because he makes way more than any of them make. That's true. But, <laughs> well, if this doesn't tell you how boring last night's game was that we've spent about six minutes of the podcast talking about last night's game, <laughs> I don't really know, know what will. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Ultimately, like moving forward, it'll be a lot of interesting things to see play out. And we're excited to be able to chat with y'all about that. Um, The one person. Oh, wait. Yeah, I was going to say the one person that I really want to like bring up and mention is like playing super well. And I'm really interested in seeing like how this turns out, like with, um, you know, obviously integrating line A into the equation when it happens is Eric Robinson, who who has played so well and like. I, who do you take out? Like you can't take him out. Like when Line A gets in, like I, I, to me, it has to be Gregorenko at this point. But um, because the way that the way that Robinson has played, he he gives you something different. Um, I mean, this team is like has never been known for being fast. I mean, up until the point where, um, I mean, like this is no shade, but like Cam Atkinson was like our fastest skater for a really long time, and, and he's fast, but it's like. I'm talking like elite level fast. Like now you're getting guys, you know, Liam Foodie has wheels. Eric Robinson is fast. Um, I mean, Eric Robinson's goal last night is a product of his speed. Um, so it it's was just, such a pretty goal. Such it was a so good. Yeah. Goal. And so it's like, he, like, it has to be Gregorenko at this point. Like, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. Um, you know, and Gregorenko to his credit, um, you know, this is his first season back in the NHL. He's been playing over in the KHL for the last couple of years. Um, So he's, you know, he's still adjusting. He's still finding his feet as well. Um, Has played, you know, well for us in the first nine games, but, you know, he is also on that weird line of like, we could scratch you. We could have you in the lineup. Like, like we've said a thousand times now in these episodes is that we're in this weird place where we just have too much talent and not Mm -hmm. spaces. Um, But Eric Robinson, I mean, he just, again, the tenacity of a player who knows that he has to fight to show that he deserves a place on this team. You know, I think we've seen a lot of these um, opportunities that he's had where he's had a breakaway and his speed sort of, shoots out so fast and you're like oh my gosh and then you know something happens either either he overskates it or he doesn't get the opportunity to shoot like he wants to and then last night it was like all you know things fired at the right time and the look on his face when that puck hit the back of the net was just priceless he was so happy the team was so happy he got a really great like sort of like pep talk, you know, helmet rub from the assistant coaches last night when he got back on the bench. Um, And it was just really great to see that all come to fruition for him um, because he has been working his freaking tail off 
to show um, that he deserves a place. And I think that that, like I've said 9,000 times, is that that's the kind of energy I want to see. That's the kind of tenacity and, you know, strength I want to see from our players is that every night is an opportunity for them to prove that they want to be in the NHL as a Blue Jacket, as whoever. Like, they want to play in the World Elite Hockey League, and they have to show that. Um, but no, I'm super happy for him, and I will be so upset if for some reason Torts, you know, scratches him coming up because I don't think he deserves it. Um, and yeah, so Greg Aranko, big up is my dude, but I, I think you might need to sit it out for a little bit. Would agree, and that's not even necessarily like a super product of his play. It's just like, um, you know, and Robin, I mean, like Torts was high on Robinson last night. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I really don't think that he's going to scratch him unless he just has like a shit game tomorrow. Like I can't imagine that being the case, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, I'm just excited. Like I, like I said to you, I was wrong. Like I was wrong. In my prediction about like us blowing the doors off of that one, but you were, <laughs> but I mean, when you have four shots in the first period and then you let up 19 shots in the second period, you're not going to blow many teams out. <laughs> and um, so hopefully like um, the rest that they're getting today and, you know, coming out and playing Chicago again, we are a much better team than Chicago. Like I, like, especially going into this Dallas mini series where, I mean, Dallas is good. Dallas hasn't lost yet. Um, like, I really would like to see us do something that's going to boost our confidence going into that game. Like, mm-hmm. and you heard it here first, friends. I, well, I'm assuming Elvis will start, like, based on the rotation. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go with, I'm going to go with my final prediction of, give me four to two. Give me four to two jackets. Um, because we will get an empty netter. It'll be three to two. We'll score an empty netter for the first time in what feels like ever. <laughs> Even though I know we got one against Tampa Bay, but still, it's just like we did. Yes. Um, no, I do love. I do love a cushion win where we, you know, win by more than one goal. Um, but I think you're right. Elvis is going to start tomorrow because I definitely think that Torts wants Corpy well rested and ready to go for Dallas on Tuesday. Um, Because like you said, they're kind of, you know, they've only played four games. So, um, but they've kind of been a force to be reckoned with in the four games that they've played. Um, And so we need to be prepared for that. We need to be ready to go. They need to be rested and we need a a sharp goalie. Um, So giving Corby that opportunity to rest up to get Dallas started, um, I think is the best idea for us. Um, you know, I don't like to make predictions, but like, I'd kind of love to see like a five, two win tomorrow. I'd be into that. I just, I just want them to score five goals and, you know, and if it's five different people, more power to them. Let's get, let's light up that score sheet with names, you know, like let's, let's just do it. Let's, let's shake some monkeys off some people and, you know, just fill up that score sheet with names. Um, 
but and just like a just a confidence boost because I I know that they weren't happy with how they played last night it was a very lucky win that we got you know Torts even said that too like we're gonna take these two points and run with them but Mm -hmm. you know I think for them they would like to see themselves win in regulation with a good game um and head back home to that I am excited because Tuesday is going to be the first night that they wear their new retro reverse uh, jerseys. So it is going to be hella weird to see them with lots of red on. Um, and I'm it's, it's going to look like Christmas on the ice because yeah. the stars will be wearing mostly white. They will still have their neon green ever present. Um, so it's going to look like Christmas. I'm excited about that. Um, and of course there's going to be a, if I'm assuming he's going to play, but, um, if, if line a is playing, it's just going to be a million pictures of him in that retro reverse Jersey, um, all over the place. So, you know, it's one of those games where I really wish we could be there. Like I just, we could be there and, um, it was a little weird last night too. I don't know if you noticed this, but the Chicago wasn't really for the first half of the game pumping in any crowd noise. It was so quiet. Yeah. I was like, why can I hear them chewing gum? Like it was so quiet. And it was really like the second half of the second period that they finally started. They were like, oh, Joe's asleep at the soundboard. He hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. And what well, was even weirder for me, like it wasn't even necessarily like hearing them on the ice. It was like how quiet Jody and Jeff sounded. Um, and that was like the very first thing I noticed. I was like, oh God, we're going to be able to hear everything Jeff Rimmer says. That's not good. <laughs> well, I think that even too sort of like caught Jeff and Jody like off guard too. Because there were a few things that they said and I, you know, you could get the sense they were like, oh, crap, they could hear that, like, you know, stuff here and there. But yeah, it was just weird that, that they weren't pumping in the crowd noise, you know, as earlier. If if you listen to the earlier episodes, you can hear me bitch about how I hated how loud the crowd noise was in Nashville. Um, but and now I kind of miss it <laughs> when they <laughs> do it. But, um, you know, we evolve. We evolve. It's just had theirs out of control, and so did Detroit. Ours is a nice level, I think. But um, so yeah, so it was it was just weird and quiet, and I felt like I could like almost hear players breathing. Um, nice. So that was a little too intimate for me, but that's fine. Fair enough. But yeah, well, hopefully the crowd noise thing is figured out on Sunday. I also like there's they had a lot more seat covering in um chicago which was weird too because like in columbus and pretty much everywhere else they don't cover the seats that are where the cameras are like do you know what i mean they only cover the arena feels so small yeah yeah because they usually only cover what the cameras pick up and obviously the cameras pick up what's in front of them like with the seats that sit in front of them but none of the arenas that i've seen have covered that first part so that did look weird it looked weird and like you said it made it feel so small and there are a couple of weird camera angles which i don't like obviously some arenas like just have different weird camera angles because of where they have the uh, media set up but yeah it was an interesting one it was it, it was kind of just a fever dream game a little bit it was a little you know and that's why you know for those we are recording on saturday morning um not friday night post game um 
it's you know because it was like a weird fever dream everyone's tired fans are tired yeah, I was um, sleep. like it just there was a point during the game that I did text Jeremy and ask him if he was okay because he didn't text me after uh Chicago scored and I was like oh man he fell asleep during the game and now I'm gonna have to reiterate to him everything that happened um but no he just got an ice cream delivery and so that's why he didn't text me yeah we paid 17 dollars to have the graders that we can almost see from our doorstep delivered to our home hey it's corona times that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah i know it was three pints though so i mean it's not like it was terrible and don't worry there's still some leftover don't be looking at me crazy feel like you ate three pints if it was jenny's it would have been 17 for just one pint so (laughs) so right but wow. shout out to Jenny's if you want to sponsor us. We love your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. No, because what you just did was you were like, hey, Jenny's, like, fuck off for how much you charge. But also, Jenny's, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> like, she knows. She knows how much her ice cream is. Maybe that's how we do it from now on. Maybe that's. I want to find the most obscure place to sponsor us if we ever get the chance. Like, there's a macaron bar. Like, like on high street that I like that me and Steven Kanicki went to and I'm not here dropping government names if um <laughs> hi Steven um and we went to yeah and it was so good I don't know I'd be pretty okay if the cabbage roll place at North Market decided to sponsor oh, god that sounds so good right now too <laughs> wow with the pierogies a lovely pre-game meal if we ever can do it in person again Everyone go to North Market, get a cabbage roll and pierogies because they're so good. Oh my God. Yeah, they are. Also sponsor us. I don't know what the name of your stand is. I just get there by smell. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, now that you've made me hungry, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, friends. But thank you so much for for stopping by to listen to episode nine. Episode 10 will be out. Episode 10. That's crazy. I know it's not that big of a milestone, but like, that feels wild like 10 episodes in that's fun and we got 46 more after that so um and probably a trade deadline special I'm sure but probably but yeah follow us on social media we are at objectively pod on Instagram and Twitter big ups to everyone on Twitter who has um followed us back yeah in my follow spree we are at 80 followers I know that that is like a minuscule number as far as like Twitter and influencing is considered but for me it was a we crossed off you know something on our bucket list um but yeah follow us interact with us we're going to be posting some things and then don't forget to rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on um we'd love to hear from you and we hope that you'll stick around with us for you know the rest of the season absolutely and Laura I know you're not good at it because like I know you get distracted when you do it but I have been checking every notification we've got while we're recording. We're up to 83 followers in the time that what? I know. Yeah, no, I can't moves. check while we're recording. We're making <laughs> moves, Miss Girl. But take care, everyone. Stay well, stay safe. Um, and we will talk to you all after the next one. Bye.